Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. This is David Shoemaker, and I'd like to welcome you to Living Thelema. Now, in this segment, we're going to focus on alchemy and the great work. There are so many different symbol systems, layers of symbols, um, symbolic frameworks within the world of alchemy that we could be using here in this segment. Probably could do several segments on, on, on this. It's a very deep subject, as I'm sure you know. Um, for example, you've, you've likely encountered the symbolic construct of transforming lead into gold or, in the language of Freemasonry, uh, the perfecting of the rough ashlar, for example. Just a couple different um, symbolic sets that are often used in the world of alchemy. And if we understand these in psycho-spiritual terms, um, these are symbols of the process of finding an unrefined natural substance, which in this case is you as a beginning aspirant, and transforming it into a perfected state. In masonry, that's done through the symbolism of the uh, the rough stone that is found and then, you know, shaped into uh, something um, perfect. So th that's an example of, uh, you know, the lead into gold concept is something you've probably heard of. Uh, but today I'm going to focus on a few other symbolic templates that may be useful in charting your course and uh, reviewing your progress along the way. The three templates that we're going to focus on today are, uh, first, the Solway et Coagula formula. Second, the framework of the black work, white work, and red work. And finally, the concept that it takes gold to make gold. So I'm going to look at these three frameworks, and for the most part, I'm going to frame them in terms of the path toward knowledge and conversation of the Holy Guardian Angel, which, after all, is for the beginning aspirant, the one star in sight, the one goal that we should all be focusing on, according to Crowley and others. Um, now, the processes we're talking about today, as you can imagine, are exceedingly subtle, um, encompassing gradual, long-term changes in your thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and your inner symbolic life. Like many things, uh, you're definitely going to be helped if your daily magical diary is thorough and detailed because uh, while you can plan ahead and chart a course based on these frameworks to some degree, especially if you're working in a magical order that um, actively utilizes them, one of the most common ways of detecting these patterns is retrospectively, when you're looking back over your life and seeing how you've been going through a transformative process that might line up with one of these symbolic templates. And the, the tighter your diary is, the more detailed it is, the more you have integrated the self-analysis and um, monitoring of your your physical body and your psyche and your emotions and your surroundings, the more data you're going to have to flesh out these uh, frameworks when you look for them. Now, for each of these three templates, I'm going to focus on its basic nature, just describe its basic nature first, and then um, I'll give you a few practical suggestions on how to monitor or implement it in your daily life and your overall magical path. So the first template I'm going to talk about is the Solway et Coagula formula. Roughly translated, that's dissolve and coagulate, um, to break something apart and then bring it back together and, and reunify it. Um, one of the most clear examples of this is uh, in the first order of the AA system, where in the progression from uh, the probationer below Malkuth through the elemental grades and up to the grade of uh, 
adeptus minor, you are looking at yourself in terms of component parts, basically, according to the Sephiroth of the elements. Um, you could argue also according to the paths connecting them, but let's keep it a little simpler here today. So you've got the four elements, you've got the four elemental grades, and in each case, you know, you're not made of parts in the in the deeper sense, but you're treating it as if you are for the sake of self-analysis. Um, each part along the way, each step along the way where you're focusing on, say, the earth element in Malkuth, um, you know, you're you're trying to come into a deeper relationship with that aspect of self to, to purify it, that is, to cleanse your understanding of it from any accretions that aren't in accord with its nature. That's what pure really means. Uh, Malkuth is only Malkuth. It's pure Malkuth. Uh, Yesod is only Yesod, and so on. Um, and then once you have washed these accretions away from the element that you're looking at, you consecrate it to the great work. And then later, finally, uh, in the AA system at the Dominus Luminous phase, um, you're going to reassemble these into a perfected microcosm that is offered to the Holy Guardian Angel. And that perfected microcosm is going to be reformulated. That is, you will have taken yourself apart and put yourself back together, but in accordance with the framework of the Tree of Life, with the structure of the order, and as we understand it, with the structure of the universe. So a mindful reconstruction of everything that you are, everything you understand yourself to be, um, taking it apart, polishing it up, consecrating it to your holy work, and then reassembling it as, as an offering to the Holy Guardian Angel. As I've said previously, force is drawn to the proper form. This is so reliable that the proper form is nothing short of an invocation of that desired force. And therefore, when we live our lives as a perfected, reassembled microcosm in this coagula phase, uh, we are literally a living invocation of the Holy Guardian Angel because the Holy Guardian Angel is the force that corresponds to our perfected microcosmic form. Be that lightning rod and the lightning strikes. So, in terms of how to live this out, what to do in your practical life, um, you want to find, uh, of course, I should say that probably the best way overall would be to be working with, with the AA or an order like that that's utilizing these principles um, in an unfolding, structured manner um, with some guidance. But in just day-to-day -day life outside of any orders, um, you can do several things to work on these principles. For example, find some way of encoding balance in yourself, whether that's the four elements or the four powers of the Sphinx or some sort of model like that that for you is representative of the balanced, the balance of forces that you are. And each day um, in your diary and in your moment-to-moment -moment living, uh, maintain mindfulness of balance in those forces. How much are you living out a fiery life of devotion? How much are you uh, devoting attention to your physical health in an earthy sort of way? How much are you monitoring uh, your 
psychological state in that airy Yosodi way? How much are you attending to intellectual development in a hood-like sort of way? Um, so uh, rate that on a scale every day, uh, 1 to 10 or something like that, and, and then reflect on that at the end of the day. How much balance was there? How much might you need to tweak one or the other, increase something, decrease something, in order to be a more perfect microcosm? Um, so now let's move on to the second symbolic template we're going to talk about, which is the construct of the black work, the white work, and the red work. And here again, we're going to kind of map this out across the first order of AA, uh, looking at the elemental grades and uh, how they uh, relate to this formula. So first we have the black work, and this is basically Malkuth. Uh, you're learning to distinguish the fine from the gross, the, the reality of spirit and self that is veiled by matter, the relationship between the body and the psyche, uh, the strengthening of your vision into the astral worlds by increasing your sensitivity to its subtle impressions. Um, now, in practice, we can accomplish this via monitoring the diet, physical exercise, overall physical health, and so on, um, for strengthening the astral vision and seeing past that veil of matter. Uh, you've got a lot of good resources in Libra O and elsewhere in terms of uh, uh, strengthening the, the body of light, but uh, you might also want to refer to my Living Thelema segment on astral projection and scrying for more suggestions on that. Another way to think about the black work is uh, of uh, the nature of putrefaction, that, that breaking down of form, that uh, dissolving of rigidity of form that allows you to come into a different kind of relationship with it. So, uh, that's another way of getting at that idea that you have to kind of purify and consecrate that aspect of self in order to put it back together in a, in a different relationship. Um, moving on to the white work, once you've seen past the veil of matter and seen into a little bit, uh, glimpsed a little bit into the, the realm of spirit by strengthening your astral vision and, and such, you're ready to move into the white work, which is more or less psychological. It's working in the world of Yetzira, uh, the, the lower spheres of Yetzira, which are essentially the personality, uh, as we commonly understand it. And here you're going to refine and restructure these aspects of personality to be more in accord with the great work. That is, in accord with the unfolding of your true will as you move towards knowledge and conversation. So uh, how does that look in practice? Well, well, the th the, first of all, the three spheres we're talking about here are Yesod, Hod, and Netzach. Um, in Yesod, we, we accomplish further astral work. You're working with uh, Kundalini, Pranayama, etc. to, uh, to uh, charge up and fuel this uh, work with, uh, with personality and the continuing reformulation of the physical body as well. Uh, you're doing further astral works, uh, psychological self-analysis, psychotherapy. This is a really good place to, uh, to make sure you're digging into the psyche with, with some help if you need it. Um, and as I've referenced in other segments, monitoring psychological projections, looking at how you see the world through the lens of your own mind and um, project your own mental forms out onto it uh, 
that's a really essential uh, step here. Um, speaking in terms of Hode, you are building intellectual acumen through the study of the Kabbalah and other systems. This is basically Gnana Yoga, the yoga of knowledge. Um, you got to be sharp in that way, critical thinking skills, uh, skepticism. Read uh, The Soldier and the Hunchback, um, for example, from Crowley in terms of uh, developing a, a true skepticism that will serve your great work. Um, finally, in terms of Netzach, um, we're working on the understanding and direction of the forces of our desire and aspiration. This uh, bhakti yoga, devotional practices we've talked about in, in previous segments. So all of these work together as a triad of, of component parts here in the white work as you progress symbolically uh, or perhaps actually in, in a magical order from the spheres of Yasod through Hod to Netzach. Um, and finally, this lands you at the threshold of the red work. And you're also literally at the threshold of Tefereth. This is the, the veil of Dominus Liminus, corresponding to the veil of Parochath on the Tree of Life, just below Tefereth, and the sphere of Tefereth itself. And here, in the red work, the task is the confection of the stone, the alchemical stone. The, it's a bit like the coagulophase phase that we discussed earlier. You've got to bring all of this to a climax by... Uh, having arrived at a place of balance, having arrived at a place where you are a balanced microcosm, you await the holy guardian angel. Um, to use an entirely different kind of metaphor, this is kind of like you're slow cooking yourself uh, in your own psychological juices. Um, it's, it's very true to say that at this stage, the active component of our work is coming to an end. Um, we've worked on ourselves as thoroughly as we can consciously accomplish. And the rest is not about externalized effort so much as awaiting the transformative work of the Holy Guardian Angel itself. Um, whatever else needs to happen at this stage will be beyond the conscious efforts of the aspirant. Uh, this particular stage is one of the most, frankly, mysterious and wondrous things to behold in all of the great work, in my opinion. Um, I, it has never ceased to amaze me how every aspirant seems to get, at this stage, exactly what they need and exactly when they need it. Uh, not one extraneous thing and not one moment too soon. There's something about having worked on yourself to this stage and then offering yourself up for further transformation in a, in a trans-egoic kind of way to the HGA. Uh, that brings that force and it will forge you via this, this climactic red work into the alchemical stone that you need to be um, to be an adept. And this is more or less simultaneous with the knowledge and conversation that brings knowledge of true will and opens the gates for you to go forth and enact it in your life. Now, the, uh, the third template that we're going to use today is, as I said, the concept that it takes gold to make gold. And uh, to get us started on this, I want to read from Liber Aleph on this point. Now, this is drawn from chapter 159, titled, On the Balance in Which the Four Virtues Have Equal Power. And I think you'll see 
in a moment how the idea of balance is going to connect us with uh, the it takes gold to make gold idea. So here Crowley writes, By Gnana Yoga cometh thy man to knowledge, by Karma Yoga thy bull to will, by Raja Yoga is thy lion brought to his light, and to make perfect thy dragon, thou hast Bhakti Yoga for the eagle therein, and Hatha Yoga for the serpent. Yet mark thou well how all these interfuse, so that thou mayest accomplish no one of the works separately. As to make gold, thou must have gold, it is the word of the alchemists. So to become the sphinx, thou must first be a sphinx. For naught may grow save to the norm of its own nature, and in the law of its own law, or it is but artifice, and endureth not. So therefore it is folly, and a rape wrought upon truth, to aim at aught but the fulfillment of thine own true nature. Order then thy workings in accord with thy knowledge of that norm, as best thou mayst, not heeding the importunity of them that prate of the ideal. For this rule, this uniformity, is proper only to a prison, and a man liveth by elasticity, nor endureth rigor, save in death. But whoso groweth bodily by a law foreign to his own nature, he hath a cancer, and his whole economy shall be destroyed by that small disobedience." Now, in this passage, I think you can see how we've touched on, Crowley has touched on uh, a number of the ideas already presented today, the idea of being balanced in the four elements. In this case, he's using the four powers of the Sphinx as a metaphor. Um, he's touched on it takes gold to make gold. He's touched on the idea of the importance of living in accord with the true will and the basic nature. Uh, otherwise our attempt at balance will be uh, poisoned from the outset. But here, uh, right now, we're going to focus on the idea of it, it, it takes gold to make gold. And, you know, this applies to ourselves, as Crowley references here, in terms of the adoption of transformative goals which are in line with our true nature. But uh, it, it also applies to the larger body of aspirants to the great work and their interactions. Um, you may have noticed this, I hope you have, that when we're near to an adept, and in this sense they're not hard to recognize, when we see them living their lives in a shining and harmonious manner, in accordance with the gold of their attainment, the conscious awareness of true will, this is contagious in a most wonderful way. And, you know, you can, you can probably think through your life to times when you have been inspired by someone just living vibrantly, just clearly alive in their path and doing what they love and loving what they do and doing it well and achieving uh, success with it and um, just seeming fully alive, fully actualized, to use a psychological term there. And being around someone like that uh, is so inspiring and is so, as I said, contagiously uh, inspiring that uh, I think this is a very important way of understanding how their visible gold, the adept's visible gold, can awaken us to awareness of that seed of gold already within us, um, inspiring us to undertake the journey for ourselves. So something in us resonates. Something in us 
answers back that uh, call to the path that that is um, shining forth from the adept that is in front of us. So, practical uh, implications of this. Uh, each day, maintain mindfulness of your choices, moment to moment. Uh, with each choice, ask yourself if it is in accord with your true nature to the extent you can consciously perceive it. Um, this doesn't necessarily mean that you should be liking everything you do. The choices you make may not be egoically satisfying. Um, a lot of times they may not be, especially in the early phases of the work where uh, you're, you're still trying to understand yourself and you know comprehend these aspects of self. But um, there should be a certain uh, coherence to your choices that such that when you follow the thread, uh, if I do thing A, it's because I want to attain thing B, and that's because I want to attain thing C, and ultimately you get down to a level where it's clear that the the reason you're doing all of these choices is, uh, making all these choices is to honor some basic sense of what is right for you, and what is an expression of what is right for you. So daily mindfulness of your choices in reference to the true will and your basic nature. Also, uh, I suggest uh, seek out several people who inspire you in the ways I was describing before. Um, ask them about their path, how they got where they are, what called to them, what choices they made. Uh, what did they move toward? What did they move away from? Who inspired them and why? Now, their path won't be your path, but you might be surprised to discover how many of the tools they used will be valuable to you along your way. So um, that brings us to a close for today. Uh, as I said at the beginning, we could talk about alchemy for hours and days and, and years, but I just wanted to give a few samples of the symbolic templates and give you some suggestions for trying to integrate them into your, your daily work and just to into the ways that you think about yourself and your path. So as always, if you have questions or comments, please email me at livingthelema at me.com. And also, please like the Living Thelema page on Facebook. If you want to um, access more resources and uh, my biography to get a little more information about my work, please visit livingthelema.com. I look forward to talking to you next time. Love is the law. Love under will.